0: You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 263, Heaven Shall Burn. Hosted by Dan Terry. Hey, don't you disrespect our Lord and Savior Howard Jones like that? And Joseph Wren. Tell me how you really feel. And I'll tell you that I'm rolling. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you bring the war home every afternoon at four you are ready for this episode of discography discussion I am Joe that is Dan well 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 if a single band in the
1: history of metalcore or melodic death metal as they prefer to be referred to as they predicted the ending of Diablo 3 before Diablo 3 actually came out because they saw what was going on they knew that one day heaven would burn what about the cow god are we still praising the cow god so they did briefly introduce a cow level back into diablo three then they got rid of it because they felt weird about it and then they got they brought it back but not as good if, if that makes sense not enough green jello i guess there just wasn't enough i don't know man <laughs> you can only be attacked by so many bovine hordes before uh, you know they, you know, it's like, okay, guys, we get the joke.
0: It's a it, there's a cow level. Zombie cow's gonna come and eat your face. Heaven shall burn. Did you need this many easy listens? That's been a trend this month. I get it, dude. You came back from vacation. You wanted to prepare for the vacation, and you wanted to recover from it. This was an easy, fun metalcore listen. That's right. I mean, yeah, I got back from
1: vacation and was kind of in a weird swing of things. I think I went through this weird power metal phase where I was listening to bands singing about you know fantasy worlds for a while there, and uh, you know I needed to get a little bit more grounded. And there's no better way to get grounded than to listen to some German melodic death metal slash metalcore. So yeah, this was a uh, this was good. I'm I, this band's not going to win any awards for originality nor are they going to win any awards for uh, variation in their sound. But, uh, you know, sometimes I'm here for that. You know, I think as Joe mentioned on a previous episode, isn't this every metal fan's dream, the band that is good at the start? And they just do that. They just just continually do that throughout their entire
0: career. If you're listening to Metalcore, you don't want innovation. You don't want change. You want the breakdown. You want the... Gothenburg influenced metal riffs, you want the screaming, maybe some Howard Jones melody across the top and everything is fine. That can be every album until the end of time or at least the next 5 years and this band has been there from basically the start and they never really stopped. They never let up
1: and that's the thing that I like the most about them is that uh every, you know, the, from the first release all the way to the last they are unrelenting, pummeling and heavy. And I like that because there is a certain portion of the metalcore community that forgot what it was to be heavy. These guys never forgot, and they would have no problem letting you know every couple of years what the median line of heaviness for metalcore is. And there's a little bit of dissension there because I think in everything that I've read about this band, they're described as a, quote, extreme metal band or as a melodic death metal band. And I can see them wanting to shave the metalcore tag, but when I'm listening to this, uh, this is metalcore. You're not gonna, you're not gonna sneak this past some like old Dark Tranquility fan and, and try to pass it off as
0: melodic death metal. Uh, it's it's not that. Give me rumbling double bass, several layers of guitars, screaming breakdowns. You couldn't call this anything but metalcore. In fact, this might be the definition of metalcore. When you point and say, what is metalcore? You either mean the under oath or you mean the kill switch engage. This is a little bit of both, except it doesn't have the monotone high pitched vocals. It does not.
1: These guys, I'm actually pretty impressed with that. The majority of the vocals in this band are harsh. Other than maybe like one album where they had, an, uh, they had a clean vocalist sing on a couple of songs and not even somebody that was really in the band. So I guess that counts. It's like, well, let's try this, see how it goes over. And eventually I think they were like, yeah, you know what? We're just going to go back to doing the thing that we do uh, over here and uh, we'll let everybody else, you know, we'll let Kill Switch and Shadows Fall and all the remains. We'll let them have the clean vocals. We're going to go ahead and just
0: stick with being as heavy as we possibly can. At all times. Well, before Dan brings back Howard Jones again, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse ask it to play the latest episode of the discography discussion podcast and it will we're also on facebook and on twitter at discuss metal be sure to like favorite and subscribe it really helps us out it lets us know you're listening and now dan is going to tell us all about five star reviews we do enjoy our five star reviews here on discography discussion if
1: you like the podcast drop us a review however you're able to do that be it a written review a starred review and uh if you just want to tell us something we're doing a good job we're doing a bad job we're doing a mediocre job. Send us an email at and at gmail.com and let us know how you feel. You can also send us an email at and at gmail.com if you would like to sponsor an episode of this podcast. Hit us up, let us know what you're promoting, and we will do our best to try to help you promote that thing that you have, that you are promoting. And as we do every month, I want to take this opportunity to shout out our beloved Patreon supporters. And you guys are Evan Merkel, Lost Fiction... Kyle Driver, Timu Rantini, I screwed it up again, didn't I, Joe? <laughs> Timu, just send me a pronunciation key. I won't be able to read it and I'll screw it up again, but I love you and appreciate you. Dangerous Dave, Richard Renz, Big T, Big T. Josiah Heiberg Brandon Miranda, Ken Zapla, Jeremy Prince, Josh Moser, David Brown, Samuel Woodward, Brian The Dean. Lance Alagood, the King of Metal, Alexander, Patrick Asplund, and Jeffrey De Los Santos. The actual Mac. Thank you so much for everything that you guys do. And we can't wait to hang out with you on the Patreon hangout. So Dan, tell me about Heaven Shall Burn. Heaven Shall Burn is a German extreme metal band. They have been around since 1996, and it shows, especially whenever we start talking about this first record. And uh, these guys have released nine studio albums. Maybe it's eight. Is its is it nine? Is it eight? I think it's nine. I can't count, so I'm going to say it's nine. If, the, if we only talk about eight, you can just be like, wow, that guy can't count. I'm going to say Nueve. All right. Sounds good to me. Um, man, I'll tell you what. These guys are, as we said in the intro, pretty... Uh, pretty dedicated to being a heavy band overall they don't they don't do anything that i think any other band hasn't
0: done um definitely not this is par for the course this is the trope this is everything you've heard when you listen to metalcore yeah pretty much i mean i don't i don't know what else to say and i know that sounds like we're spinning it as
1: a negative but Yet it doesn't have to be negative, man. It can it can be amazing, if you if you want it to be amazing, it can be amazing. And uh, I just have to I just have to throw my hat in the ring and say I support Heaven Shall Burn because I like the dedication to the style. Because I think a lot of bands that are called a metalcore, especially from this time period, have been accused of jumping onto a trend or trying to do what's popular. And I don't really think that that is this band's goal or identity. I think these guys set out to make some, some heavy, heavy music. And they did it before it was popular and continue to do it long after it's no longer popular. So for that, you know, I, I have to give them credit and say that these guys are one of the best mainstays of the genre. 2,000 asunder... There's nothing I love more than talking about metalcore albums that came out in 2000. Burn it down and walk away. I mean, this is quintessentially metalcore from that era. I mean, this is where the line between extreme metal and what everybody would popularize a few years later as as metalcore... This is where that line is a little bit more blurred. You know, there's some dithering in there. It it, it blends together really, really well. You're not going to call it metallic hardcore? It's not. I mean, yeah, it is kind of that. Um, it is more metallic hardcore starting off. I don't think it's as punk influenced, though, as a lot of the metallic hardcore bands were in the early 2000s. You know, like you take a band like Converge that year, and they're going to sound, you know a little bit less metallic and a little bit more punk but these guys seem a little bit more rooted in the heavy metal. So if you're going to call it metalcore, these guys are going to lean a lot harder on the metal than they are the core. And I say that just because the sheer amount of metal riffs here is is amazing. Hearing this sort of mixture of melodic death metal that's not too melodic, you know, they you're not you're not feeling good necessarily listening to it. But just the sheer onslaught of riffs I mean it is a mountain of riffs and they're they're all influenced by Scandinavian death metal bands from the from the mid to late 90s and then you have uh, my favorite type of metalcore vocalist I actually really like the vocalist on all of these albums because he has a delivery that is equal parts like something you would hear from like you know old in flames mixed with a little bit of that, like, snarly, like, American, almost Zayo sort of sound. It's just, it's it's a very acidic vocal delivery. And it's done over music that is still heavy. Heaviness that's achieved through heavy riffs and not, not bass drops and gimmicks and things like that. It's just an assault. And um, the only real criticism I have of this album is that like a lot of earlier sort of metallic hardcore or early metalcore bands, there's a little bit of randomness to the way the songs are constructed and the way they flow together. Now, understand that if I'm a fan in 2000, I don't really care about that. I'm not like, okay, so are we going to do the verse, the chorus, the bridge, then the solo? And it's not, It's not so much like that. Um, and one thing that this lacks that they're gonna they're gonna get later on is sort of that that lead guitar driven stuff. This is all still very like low end riff driven sort of sort of music. And uh, they're definitely going more for the chug and the chunk here, and not so much the you know, beautiful sort of dueling guitar melodies that you normally would expect from the genre. The songs
0: are rhythm driven. They have a bit of dirge, but it's that classic Zeo type of dirge that mainly is a carcass influence, I think. One riff or one note or just the drop D, chug, chug with the rhythm of the drum set and then layers of vocals, almost a gang vocal presentation. And that's more of the production than an aesthetic choice, I think. It's almost a limitation of it being recorded in a smaller studio or with less of a budget. Trying to make the songs sound big enough that you can mix and master them and they can compete with mainstream new metal at the time. But what you're getting is a very dry, reminiscent of Dan Wyant in my ears, vocal presentation, and that's fine because this is the breaking point of underground metalcore metallic hardcore this is the point when it starts to seep into the mainstream because people were looking for something different that was a little more extreme but still had the rhythm and the punk energy no i'm going to say pit energy because this is that breakthrough from the early 90s of we need something energetic to get everyone in the room moving not necessarily let's all sing and dance together
1: I think my favorite thing about this, actually, because you used the word dryness, and I think that's a really good way to describe it. Uh, I like the dry feeling of it because I enjoy the harshness of it—the almost
0: like sandpaper uh, sort of, sort of delivery to everything. It feels like it's happening right in front of you.
1: Yes, I feel like I'm at a show. I'm, 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 I'm viewing this. You know, sure, it's missing all the dynamic range of a show or some drunk guy screaming to play Freebird. But uh, I really, I enjoy this one just because how uh, how it goes for the throat. And I think th- the only other band I could compare it to is it kind of reminds me of the really old 18 Vision stuff. You know, bef- before before all the makeup and the hair and the lipstick and all that. Uh, <laughs> you know, once upon a time, 18 Visions was like this really dry, in-your-face, you know, heavy metalcore band. Uh, so, yeah, it definitely follows sort of in that same footstep. And, uh, yeah, I got nothing but positivity on this record. I love it, and it's one of my favorites by this band. 2002, Whatever It May Take. Well, yeah, you have to sit there and ask yourself, what's it going to take?
0: What's it going to take for this band to get big? So, dude, I like what we were going for in the last record, but I think it needs a little more groove, a little more heavy metal feeling rhythm to the songs and we need some better production choices you can still do 17 layers of vocals if you want but it needs to sound a little more mainstream even though the songs we write are completely the opposite of that
1: yeah I think this is more like yeah you guys like the last record huh yeah this one's gonna be even better is it, is it better musically I think so uh, I think that they have upped their songwriting game a little bit more the riffs are more memorable. Uh, they have almost like a little bit of churning going on with some of the songs, sort of playing with some of the song structures that, to be honest, weren't really there on the first
0: record. Stealing and, the beat and dropping it into a very quiet melodic section, which is a yes. staple of metalcore.
1: Yeah, I actually enjoyed hearing a little bit more melody on this one, but you know, uh, to use Joe's terminology, you know, there's not some guy in here Howard Jonesing it up uh, throughout. <laughs> Not that I not that I dislike that. I mean that that's great for Killswitch, but uh, for Heaven Shall Burn again, I like I still like that they have that sandpaper grittiness, and this is where we also start hearing more of the Gothenburg death metal sort of sort of riffing coming in. Um, this would have been the year that everybody discovered At the Gates, and they're like, yeah, we got to get we got to get some more of that going on in our sound. So you've got that sort of like dueling lead guitar melody going on, but then also a mixture of the heaviness and riff stylings of the uh, of the previous album, Asunder. So yeah, I think overall they knocked it out of the park with this one because it, they did what I like again, but it sounds better. Overall, the songs are better. They're more memorable. This is one that you're going to kind of come back to more just because... The, the riffs are going to be more memorable. You're going to be you're going to be humming some of these melodies, and uh, one thing I like too is that you know the vocals on the last album were were straight sandpaper, and here he's doing the thing that I like so much about melodic death metal bands like old, like Anders from In Flames used to sound. Uh, that's sort of yes, I'm doing an extreme metal vocal, but I'm doing it melodically and I'm I'm weaving in and out of the music in a way that sounds melodic on its own. And that is a skill that not a lot of hardcore vocalists have. It is the ability to not sound like they're just screaming randomly in a room and somebody put it to music. This actually the the, the vocals and the, the melody of the vocals, even though they're all screamed sounds very intentional and it sounds very composed and that is going to be a staple of this band's
0: sound going forward I'm hearing the same band but they've clearly gotten better maybe that's a simple answer we had a producer on this one maybe it's we've had more time to write these songs and we're looking for some type of heavy metal hook either way This sounds like the early days of metalcore, and that's exactly what it is. It's the previous album, a little bit better. The band is moving forward. If you're a fan, you want to see what happens next. And in 2004, you're going to get anti-Gone, which is the opposite of leaving the room, right?
1: I'm anti-Gone. I'm I'm never going to leave. You're going to have to call the police because I'm just going to squat right here in your house. I mean, I, I, love, I love seeing a band's upward trajectory. And that is what these guys have going on on these early albums. This one sounds a little bit cleaner. It sounds a little bit more mainstream. But that does not take away the effect that this band has. This is intensely more melodic than the previous two records. And I'm actually here for it because... I love, you know, I like I talk about I talk about how I love it when a band takes something super, super heavy and then throws something not so heavy next to it in order to create that that perfect contrast. These guys are able to do that at the same time. Which again is sort of a thing that, you know, yeah, a lot of Metalcore bands did it back in the day. As Lay Dying did it, uh Killswitch Engage did it, Unearth certainly did it. You know, there are a lot of bands that that played this style. But again, I think it's because these guys have metal roots that it really comes off sounding more like a love letter to melodic death metal and less of a ripoff, if that makes sense. Like, it's like we heard these bands and we want to do what these bands did, but we don't necessarily want to just borrow specific elements. We want to go for the throat. And, uh, and 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 maybe even start calling ourselves a melodic death metal band, and I think here it's still a little bit breakdowny to be straight melodic death metal, but they're definitely on the right track here, and I appreciate it. The riffs are great; they're memorable, they're melodic, and again, that that melodic that melodic screamed vocal is one of the coolest things that this band does. And uh, you know, as we go on, it's going to sound even better. Now, the other thing that they did on this record is they did have a clean vocalist listed uh, on a couple of songs where there are some, you know, sort of melodic clean vocals going on. However, I'm actually here for them. I think they sound really good, and I think they're used sparingly enough to where the band doesn't use them to adopt any type of formula, and I like that they're a little bit more lower register and, you know definitely layered uh, i don't think those are true harmonies <laughs> they definitely sound like <laughs> layered harmonies to me but uh i'm totally i'm totally here for it i think it's fine if used sparingly and ironically they really only use them on on this album i think we've just had a, a guest vocalist more so than we had uh you know oh this is what we're going to sound like from now
0: on this is the weird time in metalcore when dynamic range was thrown out the window And we're starting to hear that brick wall sound of mids being cut from the mix the vocals are still being layered like they were on asunder but everything else is turned up a little bit closer to whatever it may take so the third album is the next step in the production but the songwriting is sticking to the style When this album is melodic or when it's pulling you away from the metalcore, it's very dynamic, very atmospheric. It really gives you a breath of fresh air before it blows you away with metal. Then Heaven Shall Burn shows up. So I think it's the best album so far. It's a good step forward. And I think it's clear why everyone loved this style so much, because it didn't let up. And yes, this album has some melodic vocals, but that's something everybody tried in 2004. They were trying to be the opposite of nu metal. So here were your extreme death-influenced metal vocals, but we're going to do something melodic. Not Killswitch Engage melodic, not Under Oath melodic, but we're going to try to break it up a little bit, because that's where the mainstream was heading in 2004.
1: Yeah, and I think that this is also a case of I think this band got a little overlooked uh, here in the U.S. because we sort of already had you know, unfortunately you're not allowed to say that a German band contributed to the new American wave of uh, the new wave of American heavy metal, right? Um, Have you even heard though, the I mean, German bond? I mean, objectively they <laughs> did though, right? I mean, they're they're playing you know, I- I'd go see these guys play with Shadows Fall any day of the week, right? Absolutely, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that it's possible they may have had more success overseas. They seem very popular, uh, overseas, which, which makes tons of sense. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that these guys are the real deal this early on in their career and they have not yet resorted to any sort of gimmick. You know I mean? I guess you could say the clean vocals are kind of a gimmick, but like not really. I mean, you know, sometimes it's okay. Yeah, sometimes it's okay to hear you know some clean singing on a, on a metal record. Like it's it's fine. You know, once upon a time metal records were were only clean singing. So take that take that how you will. But yeah, I thought this thing absolutely great third album. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I mean, just absolutely great third album.
0: 2006, deaf to our prayers. Put your fingers in your ears, Dan. You're not listening to what the metalcore fans want. I don't think they pray to me. Aren't like 70% of metalcore bands Christian?
1: <laughs> they were at this point. I don't think Heaven Shall Burn is, but, uh, you know, it, it, if they were, then nobody was praying. Nobody was praying to me, uh, but they should have been. <laughs> All hail the Doom Slayer. This is one of those situations where, you know, we've we've talked super positively up to this point. And I'm not going to necessarily go into the realm of negativity because I'll just be straight with you. I think this is another absolutely baller, solid release from this band, and that's come. I mean, that's coming from the fact that these, this band, all of their albums are well over the 45-minute mark, especially the last one, which we'll get into. But uh, (laughs) but I'm here for it because I enjoy what I'm listening to throughout, as I established on the Defeated Sanity episode. you know obviously this is this is my bag this is this is my favorite kind of of heavy music and so of course i'm going to be in heaven you know are these guys doing the same combination of metalcore and melodic death metal that they've been doing the whole time
0: yes uh 100 oh dude i thought i fucked up and pressed the repeat button
1: uh, no Do i you to start it's not... over
0: is this the same album again
1: it's not the same album again. I mean, it's obviously you know they left the old songs on the old album, and the, this new album has some has some new ones on there. Um, I think the songwriting's stronger. I do I do find their songs get catchier as the discography continues. But yeah, I mean I I have the same things to say about this one that I had about the other ones. You know, this the the clean vocals are gone, which is fine. I could I could take them or leave them. You know. Uh, in this case, they decided to leave them, and I'm still here for it. Uh, it's still got that beautiful blend of me- melody and brutality, without dropping off of the intensity. And uh, you've got those, you've got those melodic sounding hardcore vocals, which uh, really, really complements this kind of music. They've done absolutely nothing wrong. Starting to hear a little bit more keyboards in the mix, though. That's one thing that. Obviously, you know, you didn't really have that on Asunder, or if you did, you couldn't hear them. Uh, but yeah, it started to get a little bit of programming, a little bit of keyboards in here, which I thought was interesting. And like the clean vocals on the last album, were, uh, you know, more or less done tastefully enough to where it didn't detract from the experience. If you're only here for Godzilla, which is your guitar, bass, drums, and vocals, you know, that's still going to be front and center. But uh, they're going to add a little bit of, uh, they're going to add a little bit of sort of, programming electronics in there, uh, in the form of a keyboardist. And I think that that, that instrumentation, obviously I'd be a hypocrite. If I said, you know, metal core bands don't need keyboards because I was, I was in a metalcore band that had keyboards. So, you know, <laughs> totally, totally fine with it. But yeah, I think they sound good. And you know, this one's another solid 10 out of 10.
0: It's fine. It sounds like metal core in 2006. You've heard all of these songs before You've heard this band play most of these songs before If you're a diehard fan, you don't care If I listened to the album by itself, I'd be entertained But having to listen to nine albums in one week of effectively the same thing This is the part in the discography where it starts to sound samey That's fine, but we're not breaking any ground on this one it's all right. They're going to change it up here soon enough. 2008 Iconoclast part one, the final resistance. Well, let's do
1: it. Shall we? Uh, Iconoclast is, is, is a fantastic album by Heaven shall burn. And it contains a lot of elements that we've just never heard from this band before. Un- underneath all of it is obviously the same band we've been listening to. Uh, your guitar, drums, bass and vocals are going to be very much in the same vein as to what we experienced before but they've added in a whole bunch of neat crap uh, with this one. <laughs> I mean, you you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of variation here. Um you know, you've got you've got a plethora of additional musicians. You have extra vocalists, you have a uh pianist. Yes, pianist. I can say that as many times on the podcast as I want. Uh, you have a uh, violin player. You've got you've got three different violin players and a cello player listed as your additional musicians, and uh, you can hear that where you're getting sort of these these different sort of sounds mixed in with the metalcore that we've all come to love, and it gives the record a little bit of an inflated sense of self-importance because if your record is called Iconoclast Part One: The Final Resistance. It's definitely going to, you know, be up its own ass to a certain degree. And uh, I'm sort of, I'm usually, usually that's like a cancer to me. I try to, I try to avoid anything that says part one on it just because I'm like, is there even going to be additional parts? Am I going to care by the time I get to the additional parts, et cetera, (laughs) et cetera, you know, but uh, what you have here is a true to life heaven shall burn album. Where they have sort of just inflated the epicness of their craft, and they're 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 making these songs sound much bigger and um, more um, what's the word like movie soundtracky <laughs> at times. I would watch so many more movies if this was the soundtrack. Um, but yeah, they, I mean they they did a really really stellar job on this, and um, I like all of the additional elements. And you could make an argument of like, oh, I don't like that stuff. That's fine, man. Go back and listen to the previous four albums, you know, where that stuff's not necessarily there. Or if it is there, it's not front and center like it is here. But uh, I think they've taken their their melody to a whole new level by incorporating all of these different instruments into the mix. Now, if
0: you saw the band live... Did all the additional musicians show up or was this a we're playing with a backtrack situation?
1: I'm not actually sure because I'm going to admit it right now. I did not watch the uh, I did not watch Iconoclast part two, which is uh, a live sort of DVD with a documentary on it. So, you know, in case we get to Iconoclast uh, three, you know, real quick here. I just want to let you know that I know that part two is a DVD live show slash documentary. No, I did not watch it because I spend most of my time listening to these bands when I'm at work. And for some reason, they get really pissed off whenever they realize I'm like watching something whenever I'm at work versus just listening. Not everybody uh, can take a big
0: screen TV out of their bag, dude. Well, you know, it, it just
1: it just has to be what it is, and you know me, I if I'm gonna listen, if I'm gonna watch a live Heaven Shall Burn performance, it needs to be you know hooked up to my hi-fi system, and you know with with full surround sound. Ready to go. I want to feel like I'm there, and for effect, I'll have Joe or Jeff run out and punch me in the face randomly because that's the sort of thing you experience. Who needs 3D glasses when you, glasses these kind of when you have live. these hands? <laughs> that's right. And like, if you could just take like a beer and just like pour it out like somewhere close to me, so I could just like smell it radiating off, like just to get the just to get the full experience. Maybe even a little bit of popcorn and and, and hot dog smell mixed in with it. That would be perfect. And then you, I also need somebody to vomit at least like 12 feet away this sounds like the last time i went to to rocky horror yeah yeah like it needs to smell and it needs to smell and feel and look and sound exactly like that so uh that's that's why i didn't watch iconoclast part two because i didn't I, i couldn't replicate that in a work environment without getting fired and um unfortunately we're not doing this full time yet this is
0: my favorite album when you have just enough melody mixed with melodic instruments, mixed with stereotypical metalcore, thrashing double bass, extreme vocals. It's the perfect blend. I think it's everything this style could do before we get to the modern metal era and everybody started with their bass drops and thickening up everything with layers and layers of melodic vocals on top. When you say, metalcore, I want it to sound like this. I'm fine with it if it sounds like Howard Jones going back and forth between extreme and pure melodic vocals, but this is that Coheed and Cambria blend of it's extreme and absurdly not extreme at the same time. Does that make any sense? No, I I follow you.
1: It doesn't make any sense, but I I know what you mean. (laughs) yeah i mean they they knocked it out of the park with this one for sure and uh yeah i mean i got i got nothing i got really got nothing bad to say other than you know, yeah maybe you guys could switch it up a bit, but like again that's kinda what they're doing here, so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it leave it right where it lay two thousand and ten
0: invictus
1: yeah i mean you know invictus a k a iconoclast part three baby you know we skipped right to part three because like as as we mentioned i did not watch the dvd probably should have watched the dvd what are you guys even paying me for (laughs) wait a minute you guys get paid um only in beer only in beer so far and i quit drinking beer so like that's it's wasted really liquid death water now is is the preferred payment method Iconoclast 3 is different. I'm sorry, Invictus, whatever you want to call it. It's an I-word, it's an okay? They kind of go more for the throat on this one. I, I expected it to be more like the first Iconoclast. And uh no, they, they actually kind of step it up a little bit in the brutality department. Even the vocals are significantly deeper and and more pissed off than they than they've ever been. Uh, which is a welcome change. Uh I've been listening to, you know, five albums of the same vocals. And uh, as much as I liked the vocals on those five albums, hearing this kind of more guttural delivery was uh, w- w- was a welcome change for this guy. Uh, not so much on the on the violins and keyboards on this one, more just straight pummel, which I think is really smart. Um, you could you could get away with making Iconoclast Part Three, although realistically, if we're talking about you know original recorded material, it's technically Iconoclast Part Two. You guys didn't didn't do anything new with, with the actual part two, so it's weird that you'd make that a trilogy. That's I'm really I'm really struggling to find things to talk trash about, but um, yeah, I think I mean obviously this record's heavier and it's melodic death metal and it's metalcore and it's heavy and brutal and in your face. And I'm never going to criticize a band for going heavier, so you know I'm not I'm not sure what else there is for me to say about this
0: one. <laughs> If you wanted more metalcore tropes, you got them. This is the third album in a row. Starts off with the melodic intro that has nothing to do with the heavy part. Then the heavy part kicks in. Then the extreme vocals layered up, assault your ears with drop D influenced breakdowns and thrashing double bass. You're quite literally getting the same experience, but isn't that what you want if you're listening to metalcore? I mean, obviously. I enjoyed it, but it's more of that thing. And in 2010, that thing was on its way out the door or taking over forever, depending on who you ask. I don't really think Metalcore left, but that's not the point either. This band is playing melodic-influenced metal. I think the diehards are in for this album. For me, it just sounds like more of the same. Well don't worry 2013 Vito A.K.A. it's the fun one We have a fun so, one? Oh yeah this
1: is super fun This is You know I talked about like them adding a whole bunch of additional musicians And guest spots and stuff On previous records to amp up the sound This is This is decidedly the least pissed off album, Sounding Heaven Shall Burn album And there's a lot Of weird stuff that they, that they Did here um, uh, number, number one, you know, they, they've got, <laughs> well, there's a, uh, there's, hmm. all right. I'm just going to throw it out there right away. <laughs> there, there's a cover of a blind guardian song on this album, <laughs> which is so out of left field. Maybe not. I mean, German band, German band, whatever. But, um, not only is it a blind guardian cover, the song Valhalla, but it's, um, well, it's got a guest vocal spot by the singer of Blind Guardian, Hansi, and as we talked, you know, endlessly about in the Blind Guardian episode, uh, you know, we talked about the Hansi Choir. The Hansi Choir is in full effect on this Heaven Shall Burn album, or at least on this one song. And uh, I'm here for it. This is this is incredible to me. I, I it, it's it's kind of blown, it's kind of blowing my mind just listening to it in my headphones right now. Um, And I'm, again, I'm I'm 100% here for it. This is also probably the less metal and the least core um, of their albums. There are, um, they actually have an additional guitarist listed for additional lead guitar solos on several tracks. I mean, I think they busted out most of the big guns just to do the Blind Guardian cover because with Blind Guardian songs, you have to have almost like an entire team assembled in order to to make that sound but they did it they just they just pulled dudes from blind guardian in and they're like let's let's do this um and it coincidentally ends up becoming one of the most impressive metalcore covers of like a more classic metal song uh that i've ever heard because usually those fall a little flat for me but uh here it was it was fantastic and uh As far as the rest of the album go, you've got more lead guitar work than we've ever had with this band. We've got more of a focus on solos and and interesting leads and stuff. Uh, The pace is picked up. But uh, again, if you like Heaven Shall Burn, don't let all the stuff I'm telling you just totally make you not listen to this album. Because for the most part, it's still Heaven Shall Burn. It's going to sound like the band you've been listening to all the way up to this point, but it is cool to see them doing some really fun stuff with
0: it. This is a heavy metal album. Most of the drums are mid-paced. The rhythm of the songs is more laid back. The guitars are playing these rhythm lead unison passages that just fit together perfectly. It's almost an Iron Maiden vibe. The one standout piece of it is the vocals. But I don't care that they are barking at the microphone in several layers. The music underneath it is a very solid heavy metal record. Change the production, change the guitar tones a little bit, thin up the drums. You could convince me this came out in the 80s just from the song structures. So I enjoyed this one because it was a change of pace. The rest of the albums are fine. They really are the same thing time and time again. That's exactly what you want. But this one tried to innovate in the style or step back in the style and tried to give us something a little more classic heavy metal. So props to the band for just trying a damn thing. It's going to pay off in 2020, I promise. I don't even know if it's them
1: trying a, a different thing as much as it's just them paying credence to like their influences. Like this these are the bands that we like. These are the bands that we grew up listening to. And it's not the combination of bands that you
0: would expect. And yet here we are in 2013 just doing the damn heavy metal thing. Congratulations. You guys listen to the same bands. Hi to. <laughs> Hell yeah. I knew there was a reason I liked these guys. 2016. They call me the wanderer.
1: I mean, on this one, they kind of keep going with what they were doing on the last album. Um, uh, more, more guest spots. Um, uh, actually there's a, uh, there's actually a bonus disc that comes with this album. That's all covers, which I'm not going to speak to too much. Obviously the blind cover, the blind, uh, guardian covers on there but they've got covers from bands like tiamat edge of sanity killing joke there you go jeff paradise (laughs) lost disembodied uh, marauder and life of agony and on the actual album proper uh there's even uh there's even a cover of agent orange by sodom and then on the sixth uh, the sixth song pray to god uh they have george corpse grinder fisher Uh, providing guest vocals on a song. It's kind of like, wow, like, first of all, you know, more of that, please, in any capacity. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it absolutely is sort of this, this tribute to heavy metal and not just heavy metal, but like covering bands, like killing jokes, no, no joke. And, um, pun definitely intended there, but, uh. (laughs) And then even on the ninth song, Save Me, there's a there's a there's a guest guitar spot by Nick Hippa of Aslay Dying. So it's like man, I don't know how they could have done this better. Um, is the album super, super strong? I don't necessarily know if the material is as compelling as their older material, like the first four albums. But they're doing so much cool stuff, it's hard not to just pay attention to
0: that. This one feels a little darker, but it maintains that brick wall metalcore sound turns up the melody just enough to mix the heavy metal from Vito with the straight metalcore from the early part of the discography. Up to this point, this is the best combination of everything they've done. If this was the last album, it would be a payoff, but it's not the last album. So in 2016, eight albums in, I'm still entertained, but I feel like I'm getting more of the same. It's not as much of a change as Vito felt, but it's enough of something different. And especially in 2016, when everybody was in on bass drops and several layers of melodic vocals, this has become the opposite. So that very tropey metalcore sound that I was tired of hearing in 2007, today it's the minority. Today it's the throwback. Killswitch Engage puts out a new album and everybody's excited because it's that sound again, proving heavy metal in all of its forms will never go away. It's just going to wait its turn And Wanderer would have been a solid album in 2016. I'm glad I listened to it because now I get to look back and say, this band did change a little bit, but really they just started to show more and more where they come from and what they're a true fan of. Totally agree. I wish that they had done four more albums like this,
1: like a bunch of guest spots and stuff, because it's cool. Unfortunately, they, they kind of go in a direction after this that, uh, (laughs) musically i'm fine with but um ethically i'm not as okay with 2020 of truth and sacrifice so heaven shall burn i love you guys i think you guys did a great job here or not here but i think you guys did a great job overall with the uh with the discography Thank you very much for giving me a solid palate cleanser and getting me back on track mentally after taking a luxurious vacation. I, I appreciate all of that. I want to lead with that, but I I did not ask you guys for a double album. I just I just didn't. You know, I, it's it's one of those things where you know I get it. You guys had a lot to say here, and I'm I'm for it. You guys even had you know you guys you guys you know still managed to throw a cover on there. Basically, what this is is this is two Heaven Shall Burn albums smushed together. Essentially, uh, clearly it was all recorded at the same time. There's two; it's two discs long. Yeah, and don't think it's one of those like, oh, it's just a standard length album with a bonus disc. No, we're talking two 48 minute albums <laughs> smushed together here. And uh, obviously, they're at the top of their game here. This is this is melodic in, melodic death metal influenced metalcore. With a huge doses of, you know, more classic heavy metal thrown in there for good measure. But all of that combined has created a, a relatively samey and very unique sound to Heaven Shall Burn. So, like, we're at, at this point, all of those elements have to be there in order for it to sound like Heaven Shall Burn. And it absolutely does sound that way. It's just that, uh, you know what, I, I can't even say it properly, so I'm just going to jump over to Kerrang, who said it better than I can. Uh in their review of this album Kerrang! says it's a lot to take in one sitting mainly because it gets a little too samey on standard Heaven Shall Burn tracks but consumed in chunks it's a worthy collection with a smattering of genuine high points and I think that's actually a pretty fair review I don't agree I don't agree with him giving it a 2 out of 5 I think it's better than that but um I would I probably would have given it a 3.5 or a 4 Um, just because the quality of the music is still very, very good. But it's hard to just sit down and listen to this thing uh, cover to cover, which is what I had to do for this podcast, because uh, I love doing this podcast and I love all of you guys for listening to it. But there are times where it is my own personally built hell that I've created for myself. (laughs) And, uh, you know, when when you get into double album territory, my question is why? You know, were you really in love with every idea that much to where it all had to be there? Did you actually write 40 songs and cut 20 of them? Like, I don't I don't know what the answer to that question is. I think the songs are good, but uh, I think a lot of this could have sh- been shaved down into like a 12 or 13 track album. And and you can keep the cover song, too, if you, if you have to.
0: I started this week listening to this album about halfway through. I went back to the beginning. When I finally got back to Of Truth and Sacrifice, I was surprised how much of it was still there waiting for me. It felt like two metalcore albums shoved together. And effectively, that's what it was. 2020 sucked for everybody. So props to the band to just put the album out in whatever form they had because you're not going to make any money sitting on half of it waiting for shit to get better. So for the super fan that needed this, props to you. For me, it was a double dose of the same thing at the end of the discography when I thought I was finished. That doesn't mean it's bad. It has the extreme metal core mixed with the full melodic dropouts. It's going to do everything you want your metalcore band to do. It's going to do everything your heavy metal band did back in the day. So maybe this is the true love letter to heavy metal, but the length of the album is a lot to take in. Maybe if this is the only thing you're listening to today, it's not going to be that bad. It is still an hour and a half of metalcore. But for me... It felt like the same because it was the same. It's fine. I don't hate it. It's just not how I wanted to end my week. I mean, I think that's totally fair. Is it that time? It's
1: that time for them final thoughts. And I don't have a lot that I haven't said already, but I'll just give my final thought real quickly without being prompted because this guy doesn't like for people to tell him what to do. All I'm going to say is that Heaven Shall Burn is one of the most solid metalcore or melodic death metal bands out there. They are not out to reinvent the wheel, but sometimes that's okay when you are just looking for a solid exper- experience. And I think that like if you fell in love with any one of these albums, then you are set to being a fan for life because these guys are going to always try to deliver that for you every time. And I think that's admirable. Wasn't stoked about the double album, but at the end of the day, it's a a minor nitpick for what was otherwise a very enjoyable discography to listen to. I think
0: Heaven Shall Burn is worthy of carrying the metalcore torch. 20 years playing the same riff, if you look at it for what it is, It's the same metalcore breakdown, the same metalcore chorus, the same metalcore verse you've heard time and time and time again. But this band mixes the right amount of melody with the right amount of leads and for the most part, lets the vocals stay extreme. And I think that is something that needed to exist more in metalcore. But that was saved for the meathead beatdown deathcore that we would get in the 2010s that's fine too so listen to this band because they are the throwback that you want that never threw back they just kept doing the damn thing and if what you're looking for is the metalcore damn thing heaven shall burn has exactly what you're looking for damn what's your album of the week I
1: mean, I would, be, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say and possibly be hinting at something. I can't confirm nor deny, but it would definitely have to be uh, Primitive
0: by Soulfly. For me, it's nonstop rock and roll by Wigwam. Interesting. You cannot watch Peacemaker without getting that fucking theme song stuck in your goddamn head. <laughs> Take us out, DFT. Thank you guys for listening to another episode
1: of this podcast. We appreciate you. And uh, if you guys have anything for us, you want to send us a message, at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion, or you can follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal and Instagram at Discuss Metal. We kind of have a common theme going on there. If you want to hang out with us on discord we have a we have a discord community server there'll be a link in the show notes that will take you there or we can hang out there speaking of hangouts every single month we have a patreon hangout so if you want to join us on patreon patreon.com forward slash discuss metal we have some awesome stuff for you guys there including individual album reviews on new releases or you know if you're listening to an older episode of the podcast and you're like This band has more albums than they talked about. It's probably because they've released those albums since we did the episode, but trust me, we've got you covered on Patreon on those as well. So make sure to check that out. If you have a company or a band that would like to sponsor an episode of this podcast, send us an email at danandjoeshow at gmail.com, and we will talk about the details in exquisite detail.
0: Thank you guys so much. We'll see you again next week. And on that note, this has been episode 263 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Oh, my God. Is that a dollar? One dollar a month. Get tuned to that exclusive album review feed.